Diary podcast. I actually can't believe it's almost been three months since I released episode zero, but what I can say is I've absolutely loved the journey. I've met so many incredible people as well as listeners who have kindly reached out to me and left reviews. I received a message so profound I thought it'd be nice to share it with everybody. Hi Erica, I just wanted to say thank you so much for creating this podcast. I live in Melbourne and was really struggling with the thought of going through lockdown again, especially while studying at uni online, which I hate and not seeing my friends. But your podcast has definitely inspired me to reevaluate all aspects of my life and has definitely changed my perspective. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so, so much. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you to that kind listener for reaching out and making my day truly with those words. Today I have the pleasure of sharing with you all my wonderful conversation with none other than the Lillian Kalouf. We track her journey into the fashion powerhouse she is and has today, starting all the way when she was 19, not knowing how to write a check or use an FPOS machine, to now being featured in Vogue and really she has just reached a point where she feels successful in her own definition of wealth and success. We have a little chat about the power of words, manifestation, and really her philosophy and recipe on how she got to where she is today. We talk a little bit about who the Lillian Kalouf woman is, although this is an evolving persona. She gives us a little bit of an insight into the qualities that they possess, as well as what's next for the brand. So you'll have to stay tuned for that. Lillian also shared with me what her biggest inspiration has been and what's kept her going for so long. And funnily enough, she also shares what she almost fell into and what she was going to study, which I don't think any of you would have picked, but I was pleasantly surprised. I hope you enjoy the next 40 or so minutes as much as I did, and feel free to like or subscribe or share this episode with anyone if you enjoy it. So welcome to the Balanceary Podcast. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So I would love for you to share your story of how you fell into fashion, your atelier, how it all came to be, and I guess to where you are today. Sure. Um, so I come from a family, obviously, of tailors, if you didn't know, and yeah. dressmakers. So mum studied a bit of fashion. Um, Dad's been a tailor since, goodness, since school, I think. Um, so it just kind of happened naturally that, obviously, once they opened up their businesses, I'd always be around. And, um, yeah, I'd just pick up a pen and paper and just start sketching and pretending like I had clients. So it just kind <laughs> of it was inev- inevitable for me to kind of work, go down that path. Yeah. You were dreaming about it from, from a young yeah, age. Yeah, from a very young age. And then obviously, well, I lived overseas um, as a child. So yeah. going back and forth, I felt like academically I always struggled because I was learning two different languages, um, you know, three different countries. So it was... Yeah, that would be the, tough. Yeah, the creative part was always just easy for me to fall back on. Um, and, you know, and then my parents obviously identified that as a young age. So they just kind of pushed me to kind of keep going. Let's do it. Yeah, and Dad was cute. Like, I've got books dated back to, like, 1993 when I was, like, seven. And you'd see, like, little markings, like, eight out of ten meant I got eight dollars. Oh. <laughs> if um, he didn't like the lapel of the jacket, he'd critique it, like, shoulder pads, waistlines. So I just kind of, yeah, visually that was just something I just was always comfortable with. And it just happened naturally. Yeah. Um, and then the final time we came back to Australia when I was about 15, 16... I was a bit confused, like, which path, which career path do I want to take? And this... What were your options at that point? I really loved science. So I've always been, like, science, nutrition, um, you know, the anatomy, all of that sort of stuff was always intriguing. And I loved sports. I was Mm. quite athletic as well as a kid. So I had those two options to pick from. Right. Um, And again, fashion and, like, art was always my safe 
thing where yeah. I knew that was something came to I, you naturally. I'd, I'd always win, you know yeah. what I mean? Like there was no no effort there. Yeah. Um. So I applied for a scholarship whilst I was doing my HSC, and I was quite fortunate. I got selected um for a half fee scholarship, which meant they paid half of it. And my parents only had to pay the, the remainder. So it was quite exciting, and it was it was quite challenging because I was on a scholarship, so it just wasn't like a normal uni or college yeah, course you had to get the we marks were, like we were working six days a week and i'd be there at 8 a.m and i'd leave at 8 p.m so so sorry what were you studying fashion design oh you ended yeah, up yep, yeah, so i ended up fashion yep. design um yeah so it was cool awesome and yeah. then from that point so once you finish your studies yeah. were you working for your parents or did you go out and do your own thing straight um away? well at that point their mum and dad had a bit of a, a change in their career as well because they were australian clothing manufacturers um, so at that point there, there was a bit of a shift in the Australian fashion industry and a lot of the fashion designers in Australia started to outsource uh, manufacturing overseas. Offshore, yeah. So mum and dad kind of lost those contracts and I was finishing off um, the diploma part of my degree and at that point their dad was like, listen, I really need to kind of reevaluate and reassess and restart. And I was like, what do you mean restart? I had no idea the extent of it then to what I now know what what position they were in um and I kind of it was just natural I just literally finished up with the diploma and opened up a business at 19 I had no idea amazing yeah it was it was quite it was it's quite scary now to think how quickly I dived into it back then but I don't know what the hell it was but I was just I think you're just fearless when you're much younger you don't think of yeah but when I look around at my girlfriends back then there's no way anyone would have done that Mm. but for me it was just like oh yeah let's just sign a lease and then like (laughs) back then it was different to nowadays like you'd receive a checkbook yeah and I didn't even know how to write a check (laughs) and like I remember my landlord was like um excuse me you're three days late on your Rent. Rent. And I'm like, oh, okay, how do you, like, I'll just bring some money over. He's like, no, 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 no. You've got to write a check. And I was like, dad, how do you write a check? It was straight. I didn't even know how to use an FPOS machine. Oh, my God. Like, I didn't even know how to use a proper diary. I didn't know how to schedule. And, you know, before you knew it, I had a full calendar of clients. You're in vogue now and looking yeah, back, it's you know, really, it's been a long road. So yeah. is the business you opened up when you were 19 the same one you're running today? Pretty much. So yeah. the only thing we did was um, in 2016, I rebranded. Yeah. So you can pretty much say the business as a concept has definitely evolved. Yes. So initially, like I wasn't a designer, like per se. So it was more, you know, people would come to me with a design mm-hmm. and they'd ask me to make it. So I was working on a dressmaker basis yeah but you know obviously that customer um experience got me to where i where i am today and yeah you know some stage i realized you know there is a big gap in the market and these women that are struggling to buy things off the rack you know i need to find ways to fulfill their needs and then that's when the lillian kuluf brand began in 2016 and it was just my moment to kind of solidify myself as the that Australian fashion designer. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it takes a long time for people to take you seriously. Yeah, I think so. Well, I think you've definitely gone to a point where you've proven yourself now and you've moved more into Thank bridal. You. and. But yeah. I guess you're um, in, in 2016 when you took a more niche approach. Yes. Um, what? How could you describe like a Lillian Kalouf woman? Um, what she look like? Well, for me, I've always loved dressing that kind of like women in power. 
You yeah. know what I mean? So that Boss empowering. Lady. Absolutely. So for me, I've always, obviously, because of my price range as well, like I'm not attracting the average woman. I'm yeah. attracting a woman that's quite sophisticated, educated, cultured, um, a little bit more in tune with her own body as well. So a lot of the women that come to me, most of the time are dictating what they do want. Yeah. So for me, I, I love that about that woman, that she has that confidence in herself to kind of pretty much to be certain and tell me exactly what she wants. Yeah. But at the same time, she respects me as a professional to take my opinion and my lead to get her to where she needs to be. So that definitely inspired the Lillian Kalouf woman, inspired the Lillian Kalouf um, branding mm. and the ethos behind it as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's been an evolution. So I can't really tell you um, who she is like directly because yeah. you know my clientele base is so broad yeah. however they all that possess very similar qualities quality yeah yeah, yeah. well they, they can be the lk woman qualities then. absolutely yes <laughs> of course so i was having a bit of a read of some um interviews you've done in the past and i came across a really nice quote that i'm going to share with everyone so it reads even at seven i would be laying in my bed in syria <laughs> no internet no youtube nothing to show me what the world looked like and I would close my eyes and imagine my own fashion show. So none of this has felt like a risk. So I think for me personally, when I read that, I just thought even at seven years old, you were visualizing. And so I guess maybe that can speak to why at 19, you're just signing leases and learning how to write checks and you're yeah. just going for it because I know you can tell me maybe, but perhaps your process of visualizing that for you and because it felt so natural to you mm. you felt like you know it, it was you were just like living a dream you had already a part of you envisioned yeah. for yourself uh, to be honest with you i didn't understand what that meant until the last maybe five years so after turning 30 i really understood the power of my own words yes and it's freaky because I was seven years old and I was this like hyperactive, energetic. Well, nothing's really changed. I'm. Still I was going to say girl. as if it's yeah. not really hard to like, believe. I was a small girl, but with the big personality. Yeah. And Dad would like take me places with him, and I would introduce myself as Lillian Kaluf, the fashion designer. <laughs> like we have videos of me sitting down telling people like what they should wear. Or I'd be watching like a, an Arabic superstar, and I'd be like, "Oh, she should be wearing those shoes with that bag and whatever, whatever." But yeah, like it just. It, was, it is freaky because I was this little girl hmm. in the middle of Syria at a time that we didn't have internet. We didn't have, like, we had international TV, but mum was watching, like, music videos, like yeah. Madonna and Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson. So that was my only kind of idea of the world where I was born, Yeah, you know? Because although I went to Syria, I was three, I was born in Australia, I didn't have much recollection of what Australia what looked like. Life looked like yeah. Um so I'd associate it with my mother and the music she listened to. But yeah, like I'd be sitting in a room and just I'd close my eyes and I'd see like runways and women wearing my stuff, but I wouldn't see myself as the model. I never saw myself as the singer. I never saw my, I saw myself as the woman that would dress them. The like curator. I'd be dressed in my dressing my Barbie. And it was just strange. Like I just accepted that world and that life and just moved on with it. Hmm. And yeah. so do you think that that power of visualization or like your words, like, I don't know if you do affirmations or anything, has that kind of followed you through in adult life? Is it yeah. something you, you engage with? Frequently? I'm very careful now. Like I'm so careful. Like it got to the point where I'll kind of say something and it'll happen within a week. Can, uh, can you say I'm going to win a million dollars? Oh, I wish, I wish. <laughs> My gosh, that would be awesome. But I mean, like, you know, it is when they say to you, like the, 
the idea of manifestation to me and my understanding of it is an intention yes and you have to believe it like it's not something you can instill in someone it's something that they bring to themselves and it's a mind game or you know if it's like telling someone who believes in god god doesn't exist like no matter what you do they believe in can't god. change their mind do you know what i mean and yep. for me i'm very like passionate about certain things and i feel like that passion makes my intention so pure yes. that if i want it it will happen yeah and you know i'm very cautious with the circle of people around me as well like i'm that annoying person that says watch your words yeah not that i'm being rude but it's just like you know watch your words because the power of your intention through that word is like magic yeah and i i find it to be so soothing like i don't look at it in a negative way i find it it's so it's spiritually uplifting and whether it's true or not it gives me a sense of light and excitement yeah um and i look forward to these things so definitely a lot of what's happened i believe has contributed to my own personal dreams and ideas and aspirations and you know i'm probably not the smartest girl in the world and all the most talented girl in the world but i feel like because of that i've been able to kind of you know tick off a lot of those goals yeah for sure sure. you touched on a few um so obviously with the whole balance theory concept there's your health your relationships and your fulfillment so we've obviously just done a bit of a deep dive into your fulfillment and your why and i think the reason you know you've you've been so successful you can continue to keep kind of pushing and evolving the brand and and yourself within the brand is because you know you have a gen like you said like you have a genuine intention for it and and that comes to light through your actions quite easily yeah now you just also touched on relationships and I think like the people you surround yourself with is like key 101 to you know who you are and what you put out there you know you're kind of the negative Nancy in the corner and and sort of be sharing your hopes and dreams with those people so over your I guess success and as it's taken off have you found that your groups have evolved accordingly because definitely yeah especially now getting married you know like even selecting my bridesmaids it was like how do you select these people and it just came easy to me and then I had one of those moments where I had to check in with myself and I was so overwhelmed with love and gratitude that I had that the women that are in my life it's so funny like I've lived in three different countries and I've literally been enrolled in 12 different schools Wow. Yeah. So There's I was always, always one every school yeah, year. There's every, actually one every, every school year. So I had pen pals for years. Like I'd be overseas and I'd be writing letters to my girlfriends, which we still keep and share till this day. That's so nice. And you know, like there are friends who entered my life at 13 and 15 and 20 and 25. And the most recent one who like was one of my, is it my bride, my bridesmaid today. Like I only met her two years ago, but yeah. I feel like I've known her all my life. And it's just kind of beautiful to see how, although they're different, there's eight different women different age groups different generations they all share a common thing that attracted me to them vice versa yeah do you know what i mean yeah. and it's that that connection or that understanding between you and that friend to me is so important yeah because i can remember different parts of my life where they've all contributed great things and i'm sure they can say the same thing about myself but put them all in a room we're like the Spice Girls because they're the <laughs> polar opposites. Yeah. We don't dress the same. We don't look the same. We don't have, like, none of them are in fashion. Yeah. They're I guess that's them. why, like, you all complement each other, though. You bring Absolutely. something different to the table and then it's a complete Yeah, but table. the one thing we do have in common is that unconditional friendship, that yeah. love, that support. Um, yeah, even though I've always been the weird one, they all, all loved me for who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Super important. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and so with your health area of life so that 
I guess, looks like physical and mental. Sure. Do you have any like rituals or, or daily things yes. you engage with in either Miss of the areas? Miss OCD here. Yeah, Miss OCD, <laughs> let yeah, it out. Absolutely. <laughs> I am. I really am. Like, I've always had a really, really good routine. Yep. And again, I didn't know I had that until I grew up and I realized that not everyone shares the same kind of little things, little Habits. quirks that I do. Um, yeah, you think, are they weird or am I weird? <laughs> yeah, like I've, I've always really enjoyed my own company, which is yep. ironic because I'm quite loud and I love socializing. Um, but I do, I love my own time. Um, I find therapy obviously in creativity. Like mm-hmm. I love music. Yeah. I love to Creative draw. outlets. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not a big reader. Mm-hmm. And when I read, I have to read it three times for it to register because my brain goes places. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I've always had these little quirks again. Like, you know, if I have a thought, you know, I write it or I draw it and I feel like nice. that kind of takes my brain into its own little place of happiness. Um, so that's really good. So I've always been mentally, I'm very positive and always happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved sport. So to me, that was another, like, I wouldn't sit with the girls that didn't want to play sport. I'd be yep. with the boys trying to kick a ball. Yeah. You know, I'd always hurt myself. Boys girl. Not even, not even. And I wasn't even their friend. Like I was the serious, <laughs> serious girl on the field. I'd play with you, but I'm not your friend. Oh, Do you know okay. what I mean? I was yep. always a girl's girl. But I didn't want to sit with You're the You're not girls. there to muck around. No, yeah. I wanted to challenge the boys physically because I wanted to... Uh, that gave me a lot of sense of um, empowerment. Yeah. Maybe this is why I'm a boss today because yeah. I've always <laughs> wanted to prove to the boys that I can be just as good as you. Yeah. And my dad came from a family of nine boys, three girls. Yeah. So when my dad had two girls, my ethnic grandmother was like, mate, what's going on here? And dad's like, well, you wait and see. He goes, if you think, you know, they you're nine... Yeah. He said to her, Lillian will amount to more than your nine boys and I think I heard him once say that like as a joke and it just resonated the words they've carried yeah through. and I just said you know why do I have to be a boy to achieve like why That's do I right. have to be a boy to stand out like I'm gonna try and be school captain I'm gonna come first in the athletics carnival I'm gonna learn the languages and I'm gonna do it all yeah and I think that's what it was and I felt like yeah I had this mindset um, so in terms of health and f- even physical, like I've always been the athletic girl yeah. from a very, very young age. And I've always, you know, had the little muscles and all of that sort of stuff, which I absolutely hate. But, you oh, know, they're not you, that you, little. You grow they're and beautiful. you enjoy it. But I mean, like, you know, like my sister will tell you she was born with it. And I'm like, I wasn't born with it. If you, if you look back at my physical history, I've played sport all my life. Mm. I hate the gym. I've, I don't even know how to use equipment in the gym. Really? No. I can't stand it. Because you look at you and I think you like think that. you're a you full bodybuilder yeah. machine. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. But I do a lot of, like, I'm active. Yeah. What's I'm, the secret? Share it. Well, activity. Like, I've always yeah. had a great metabolism. I am I eat really well Monday to Friday on the weekends. I oh, that's my philosophy Yeah. Too. You, you know, I've always had a good balance. I've never been on a diet. Yeah. No strict diet. Like, I've never been like, oh, get rid of carbs, get rid of sugar. I eat everything, but I don't like a lot of sugar. Yeah. Like, I have it in my tea, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love chocolate, but I don't like cake. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's always been this kind of happy... Kind happy of medium. ...relationship with food. Yeah. Um, I do realize when I'm very comfortable, I gain weight. So after <laughs> I met Mo two and a half years ago, I literally gained six kilos, which I've just... <laughs> That's Lost. happy KGs. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like, you know, my emotions play a big part in that as well. Oh, for but sure. overall, yeah. like, you know, I feel like I do have a really good balance. Yeah. And I do sometimes let myself go just for the sake of it because I don't want to put too much pressure. But I feel like when I hit that threshold, 
like I did during this whole like isolation period. I got on the scale for the first time in my life. I hit a particular number that I've never been in my entire life. <laughs> and literally the next day I switched. Yeah. But it's just strange. Like I switched and my sister's like, how do you go from zero to a hundred? And I'm like, because this does not accept it. Like it's, <laughs> it's not even about the look yeah. for me. It's, it's a, it's a state of mind. Yes. You know, feeling healthy is a mindset as that's well. Right. And if there's something that's, let like holding me back mm. I'll, I'll push through it yeah and i think well, that's what happened it's kind of like the reason i think you're so disciplined or so motivated to, to yeah. keep in a certain way is because you have that mindset behind you so that mm. even if you do put on a few kilos or go a bit this way a bit that way like you've got a healthy relationship with those yeah. aspects of your life and so you're happy to kind of go with the flow but you yeah. know when to pull yourself back together absolutely i check in with myself like i don't care about anyone else's opinion yeah but I care about my own. Yes. And I don't put it on others either. Like, there's no blame games. I'm, yeah. I'm very, very, very aware. So it's like when I gained that six kilos, I was like, yeah, well, that explains it. I was making like, I think I, I baked seven loaves of banana bread in two weeks. <laughs> I didn't eat it all because I was just learning. Yeah. But like every time I baked it. Was the seventh one amazing though? Because yeah, you better hope so. Yeah, freaking amazing. Absolutely it was. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I kept at it until I got it right. Like, yeah. I've got that personality yeah. where I'm just going to keep at it until I get it right. And yeah. then, you know, I jumped on the scale and saw it and I was like, oh, shoot, I think you just went overboard. So let's go back to normal. Yeah. And then it was easy to get back there because yes. I've been there before and I've done it before. And you've Actually, got the that's, rituals. That's a really good um, thing. One thing I've learned over the years is... If you've been able to reach that point before, you can definitely do it again. Yes, definitely. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like that philosophy has resonated with me over my lifetime because I remember one person said to me when I was 21, we were talking about success and they said, if one man can do it, another can. Like we're all equal in terms of people. Yes. And it's up to you as an individual to educate yourself. It's up to you as an individual to work out and train and get to where someone yes. else has done it. You know what I mean? But for me, I don't compare myself to anyone anymore. So when I'm checking in with myself, I remind myself of my achievement before. I don't marinate in the thought of, look what you are today. Like mm. you've gained all this weight, blah, blah, blah. That's I'm right. like, okay, that's all right. We've been there before. We mm. can go back. Let's just follow the steps and see how we can do back it again. And do it yeah, again. exactly. Yeah, I think that's good. So like, it's not necessarily that... You know, like if you've done that before, then yes, you can definitely do it again. But if it's something new that you haven't done before, yeah. that's a good way to look at it. Like look at all the things you have done. Yeah. And at one point, they were things you'd never done before. Absolutely. So there's always going to be that first time, shall yeah, we say. Yeah, of course, definitely. And, and it's nice. Like when you have friends around you as well, like I speak to friends and I get their opinions. Yeah, you bounce and ideas. ideas and... Yeah, of course. And then obviously that's when you start learning new ways of dealing with situations. That's right. Yeah. So I want to ask you um, a question before I get there. Yeah. I, I am going to ask you what's been your biggest challenge to date. But before we get there, yeah. I just want to ask you, um, like on the whole, in your whole life, sure. from what you've been telling me, it sounds like you've been quite balanced. You've been quite in tune with yourself and your mm-hmm. mindset. Not to say you haven't had down periods. Oh, most definitely. Um, <laughs> but, in, but on the whole, like what do you think is the biggest um, thing behind why you've been able to maintain that equilibrium kind of for most of your life or even today okay this, this kind of gets a bit deep so for me like obviously having been misplaced i know that sounds terrible to say about myself but having hopped around for so long yes do you know what i mean bit here and there yeah everywhere there was no balance like yep. there was no balance like it actually reached the point where i remember having nightmares as a child hmm. and i was always like the girl in the matrix no word of a lie. I'd be like wow. nine years old driving a car, 
trying to reach the pedals, trying to find home. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I once had that conversation with my mother and my mother was like, oh my God. She looks at my dad and she's like, okay, we've moved these girls, like too many countries, too yeah. many schools. There's obviously an imbalance there. There's this kind of feeling. No grounding. No grounding. And I'm 34 years old today and it's happening again. Yeah. Like now I'm moving to Melbourne. And when yes. I met Mo, I said, I'll do anything in the whole entire world for you, but I will never move to Melbourne. And here we are. And here we are today. <laughs> I'm moving to freaking Melbourne. Anyways, I'm not upset about it, but isn't it funny? Like that is the one thing that I've never had. Yes. Like, I've a, never like had a base. I've, yeah, I say I've never had home and it breaks my parents' heart. But I don't like I don't mean it per se. Yes. But it feels that way. Do it's you know almost I mean? like I feel like home is, I guess, where the people you love are. But yeah. to say you grew up somewhere. I is, haven't. I mean, I can't say to the extent of what you have, but I have moved 14 times in wow. my 25 years yeah. on earth so yeah. far. So I kind of get what you're saying. Like when, when people talk about the house they grew up in, yeah, no, like no, no, I can't I, resonate I with no, that either. I. Like I don't even, like I obviously like a lot of, you know, people who know me from my community will say, oh, Lillian grew up in Bankstown. Mm. But if you count the years that I lived in Bankstown, it's a faction. It does, like, it doesn't even... It amounts to nothing. Yeah. You know, like, I've gone from Marigville to Punchbowl to Bankstown to Syria to Lebanon back to here. You know, I've lived in Earlwood. Now we live in Illawong. Like, it's... I feel like we've been everywhere. Yeah. Um. So that, that's, that to me, has been a personal challenge. Yes. And I feel like the reason why I've had that drive for so long was to kind of overcome that. Mm-hmm. To give myself a sense of purpose, like a reason to keep going. Yes. And try and pave my own world and my own home. To find your own base. Yeah. 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 Do you feel like the fact that things were so, I mean, chaotic may not be the right word, but no, I guess so ungrounded yeah. for so long that everything that came after that was like comparatively kind of normal? Like you, you feel like... Maybe because that was such a challenge you went through at such a young age and yeah. kind of settled and found yourself mm. that things that came up after that, you were sort of like, well, I, I can kind of take it on, like a mentality that Most you could deal definitely. with it because like you'd been through the dishwasher a few times. A hundred percent. Like my sister's the only person that understands, understands me. We're 18 months apart. So when she moved, I moved like, that's why I don't even think my parents know like the, the bond and the connection that we have and why we connect the way yeah. we do. And it is for that reason. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like at the time we used to hate our life for it. Like I remember being in year nine in the north of Lebanon in this like for on nun school being like a Muslim Syrian girl at a Christian Lebanese school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it was very confusing. And I remember at one stage I came back to my dad and I said, I hate my life. Like you really need to look at me. Yeah. And listen to me. I'm yeah. 15, but I'm telling you, I care about my life. Yeah. And I know I'm not just going to be somebody. I yeah. have this vision and this idea of where I want to be one day. And I said, you either listen to me now or I don't know what's going to happen. And I just literally just said it like that. We literally packed our bags and moved to Australia a week later. And you stayed put? Yeah. Like, and dad was listened. He actually listened. And I think I was just fearful. I just thought my parents wouldn't care what I thought but that moment in time obviously resonated with my father yeah and he brought us back and you know I feel like in that moment there everything changed however when Dee and I sit down now we have these conversations we're like no like although we've been through it all I'll still go through it again yes and in hindsight it was the best years of our lives you know we used to 
cry and think, why the hell am I doing the algebra in Arabic? This is too complicated. I was Because doing... algebra is not hard enough exactly. already. <laughs> and then I'm like doing physics in Arabic and like biology. And I was just like, this isn't fair. Like, No wonder you hate happening? reading. <laughs> yeah. But like now I, I have two languages that I speak Amazing. fluently and yeah. that I read fluently. And I take so much pride in my culture, my traditions, the language that I know yeah. to be able to express myself you know, in, in that as well is just beautiful in itself. Yeah. And it's something I can now pass on to my children, my partner. Um, so everything in hindsight makes a lot of sense. And yeah. if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be where I am today. That's right. So do you think that anything from your upbringing or, or open up the floor, like anything else in general, yeah. what's been your biggest inspiration for what you do today? Family. My dad, as I said, came from a family of 12 children, nine boys, three girls. He's the fourth eldest. He left school at the age of 12. Yeah. By the time he was 16, he was living in a different state. He had his own atelier at the time. Um, and everyone in the family has a degree except my father. Yet he's always been the breadwinner. And it wasn't his responsibility. That kind of unconditional, um, loving bond that he has with his family, I believe, has led Diane and I to be where we are today. And, you know, we owe them all of that because it's literally taught us to be humble um, you know, to, to love each other unconditionally, to know that, you know, no matter what happens in the world, we have each other Yeah. to keep that family. You know what I mean? And like you said, because of that mentality, no matter where we go, we always have that as our home. That's you know what right. I mean? And I guess no matter what happens, because you've got each other, you can surmount yeah. it. You get and through that it. is my inspiration because whatever I do, it's like, like I want to impress my sister. I want to make sure she's okay. She's looked after. She's my business partner. So when I'm working, working or mm. doing whatever I'm doing, we're doing it for us. Yes. You know, and dad's always been quite selfless in that regard as well. Like anything he could contribute to make things easier for us, he's been there. Yes. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, I don't want to disappoint him. Yeah. So it runs back to me. It's like yeah. dad's helped me in these areas. I want to prove to him that I'm worth it. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and when people say to me, oh, you know, I met your dad the other day. He altered my pants and he's such a proud dad. That to me, I've made it in life. Yeah, I don't need to be in vogue and I don't need to be on a podcast or anything. Knowing that my parents are proud of me, you know, when my mum walks around and she's like, Oh, my daughter made my outfit, to me, that is more special than you know, the biggest yeah. celebrity saying, Oh, Lily and Kaluf dressed me today. Yes, you know, no, like, I totally it makes resonate. Me proud. I totally resonate. Yeah. Like, I've got a really, really strong mum as well, and she is my biggest inspiration. You know, everything she's done, it's she's kind of set the benchmark, absolutely, and then the That's things the right you do, you're always trying to like somehow reach that benchmark Mm. i could never feel like i could surpass it but if i can just like hit it or or be close then i think i've done well like the funniest thing ever was i was at this event where my dad was at and he he doesn't speak much english so he'll understand me but like not much of it because i speak to him arabic all the time anyways i was on the panel and i've got a microphone in my hand and i'm just the whole room was looking at me and all you saw was my dad and his teeth He's just smiling. And then Diane's whispering into his ear trying to like reinterpret what I'm saying. Oh, translate. (laughs) Translate everything. And I just sat there and I'm like, I don't think I'm nervous to be in front of these people. I'm actually like, I've got butterflies because my dad's watching me, but he doesn't (laughs) even understand what I'm saying. So I just got nervous just having him there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was like a happy nervous and excited nervous. It's kind of like, this is the moment where you prove yourself. Yeah. And his face, he was just so proud. And I'm like, I'm done. That's it. This is all I've done. (laughs) I'm tapping out. That's it. Mic down. (laughs) Awesome. So can you tell us what's next for LK? Oh, wow. That's such a good question. Like I said, because I've known myself to be a fashion designer forever, I'm not done. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'm not done. 
but I'm ready for something else. Okay. It's so weird. Like everyone went through this at 17, 18, even like after uni, I felt like a lot of my girlfriends and you can probably relate now, like with what yeah. you do, you know, changing like, it up. Yeah. Picking something else. See, I've never done that. Yeah. I've never, ever, ever thought about anything other than what I do today. But I feel like when you're so passionate about what you're doing, you're yeah. not, you're almost not distracted. Like, for no. example, there are things in my nine to five yeah. that I don't personally get that I, I'm passionate about, like connecting with people on, on like a, a meaningful personal way. Sure. And so I've, I've found other outlets to do that through yeah. through fitness, through the okay. podcast, things like that. that but but I feel like if, if your business has given you everything you're seeking in a fulfillment yeah. category, That's right. then you maybe haven't looked, but maybe you're at a point now where... I don't know. I feel like I'm ready for something else. But still creative, still yeah. artistic. Like I love, I love interior. I love architecture. Mm. Um, I love fine art. You could do I, LK interiors. I don't know. I don't even know if I'd call it LK. Just the opportunity to kind of like explore new Something skill new. sets. Yeah. Like even in terms of painting, like Mo was so cute when we first met. Like I'd always say to him, like I don't have time to paint. I just want to like pull out a canvas and paint. And once I visited him in Melbourne, and it was so cute. He went and bought me an easel. Oh. He bought me a canvas and all this paint and a glass of wine. And I was like, who are you? I love I you. I do. Let's do it now. That's it. I'm Let's done. Let's right get now. <laughs> And I thought it was so sweet. And I was just like, and he got all that for me and I never made time. And yeah. during during the isolation period, yeah. you know, I thought to myself, well, this is your moment. And every time I'd walk towards that paper, I'd take two steps back. Mm. There was this thing, like I was quite fearful, mm. like it was something new and I know I'm good at it. And I know once I start, I won't stop, but yeah. that's the problem. And I kind of hesitated. And then I sat there and then I one day just got up and I literally did like eight frames in one day. Wow. Like it was literally sickening. I pulled out that, like put the paper. I didn't even have an easel because I'd left it in Melbourne and I was on the floor literally with paint. My whole floor was stained. How many, how many wines deep is this in? Oh, probably a whole bottle. To be honest with you. It was terrible. <laughs> but it was such been... a great day. It was such a great day. Yeah, please invite me next yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And it was so much fun. And I said, I think my soul is yearning for this. Yeah. And then I thought about it. And I said, well, why don't I just literally like look into courses or mm. to upskill? Because yeah. no matter what I do creatively, it's always going to complement my current job. Of course. It's If anything, I feel like I'm ready for that spark of inspiration. Like mm. maybe if I learn a new skill set you know may it be like you know it could be something digital like i'm not really good at photoshop or all the adobe programs mm. like if i kind of dabbled in that it's always going to complement what this. you're doing now. Like if i did a graphic design course it's going to complement fashion design yeah. if i do interior it's going to complement like I, my brain lives for that stuff like yeah. it will just come to me do you yeah. know what i mean yeah and i thought you know why not so i am i'm not gonna lie to you i'm exploring some options because Exciting. I'm moving to Melbourne and yeah. I'll have a lot of, well, I think I'll have a lot of time, but you know, somehow I'll manage. I really want to study something mm-hmm. and you know, I've never really gotten a degree before. So I thought this could be an opportunity to kind of go down that path and we'll see where that goes. Why not? Yeah. That's exciting. I know. Well, I'm is. looking forward to seeing what you do with Thank the you. brand and, and where else you gift your creativity to. Because it is, you, you have a very unique style Thank and you. Yeah, please don't finish up the suits just no, yet because I definitely need to order a few. Oh my goodness, that will definitely be there. It's in my DNA. Yeah, that will never go anywhere, and I don't Good think I'd ever let it go. Yeah, for me, like I think that's where I found home yeah. in my life in that world. That's a nice way to look at it. It is. I, I, I know it for sure. Like that is home to me. That familiarity and that kind of like 
belonging yeah well maybe it's like the reason you stuck to it for 20 odd years is because you like you said you found home in it and now that you're getting married maybe like that sense of home is shifting and you're yes, creating absolutely. a new home with your partner now yeah. and, and so working kind well, of thanks for that i think you just put it into perspective that's strange no it is yeah. interesting like though when yeah. when people hear it from a different point of view yeah. it's like now work can kind of evolve differently because you're not yes. hinging on that for like no. this is home maybe now. it's maybe this is why it's taken me this long to find a man <laughs> Maybe we cracked the code. Honestly, it makes so much sense because I always found home in work, but I never found home in a man um, or and other like, people. And now with Mo, like it's so different. Like yeah. I can't even explain it. It's strange. Well, I mean, easels and wine at home would would Mate, that would be homey for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's nice. I'm, yeah. I'm really happy for you. Thank and, you. Thank and, you so um, much. Yeah. So looking back now, if you could have given yourself advice. When you were on the plane, just about to come to Australia, right? Those, I, I can't imagine how you were feeling, not knowing when am I going to be back in Syria? Like, yeah. is this temporary again? Yeah. And having all these, you know, visions about where yeah. you're going, but not really knowing how you're going to get there and, mm. and kind of being frustrated with your parents, but so yeah. close with your sister, all these things happening. What advice would you have given to yourself? Um, stop putting pressure on yourself. I put so much pressure on myself to be perfect. Yes. To get the 10 out of 10, to get the 100 out of over a hundred like I put so much pressure and I would just say to myself just be just be the best version of you because I feel like that's what I aspire to be every day when I roll out of bed I don't aspire to be the best fashion designer or the best friend or the best partner in the world or any of that my philosophy within me is to be the best version of myself today you know yeah I feel like that's it really yeah I think that's great because you need to strive for progress, not perfection. Yeah. Nobody is perfect. Like, Absolutely. you know, like both you and I, like in our own lives, you know, obviously you wake up and you be the best version of yourself and that's all you can do. You yeah. can't be perfect. It doesn't exist. I think I heard you say it in one of your podcasts where you were saying like, even when you aspire to set a goal, like when you, when you want to reach a goal, when you get to that goal, the next one pops up. That's right. So you, you're never done. That's like, it. There's never, there's no ending. And the ceiling And success. And I meet so many successful people on so many different levels and everyone's interpretation of success is different to the other. That's right. Like I might want to have a home. Someone else wants a Ferrari. Hmm. He can't tell me that you're not successful because you don't have a Ferrari. That's right. And I can't tell him you're not successful because you don't have a house. Everyone's success journey is their own. Hmm. And it's true what they say. Like sometimes you look at someone and you're like, what are, why, what are they chasing? They're a millionaire. Yes. But they're missing something. Yeah. Which is beyond the millions. That's it. Do you know what I mean? To you, the millions might seem like success because you don't have it. That's right. You know what I mean? But that person has it, but they have a different goal that they need to find within them to make them feel successful. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like for me, I was so fortunate that I learned that at a very young age. Mm. So to me, wealth is within me. Yes. And I feel so wealthy. And especially after finding Mo, because I wanted love for so long and I'm just a passionate lover. Yeah. That that to me, I knew, I knew that once I had love in my life, I knew I'd be wealthy. Complete circle. Yeah, because, you know, and even my relationship is not perfect. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure it has yeah. its own flaws, but it fulfills me. And it, it adds something to my, my day-to-day. Like, even my employees will tell you when Lily fell in love, it was a different Lily. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I'm walking on my toes and my parents will tell you the same because that meant something to me. So that was my interpretation of success. That's right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, think, I think that is a nice thing 
to remember as well, especially yeah. in a digital age where you know people going online and looking at other people's profiles you can look at someone's account and think they're successful but you have no idea what the quality of their relationships are like you know even if money is is part of your definition of success which let's be honest it it does form a big part you know you don't know how much money is in those people accounts what debt they have you don't know you know what they're going through physically in their health and I'm a manifester. I can make you believe anything you want to see <laughs> because it's so easy to do that. Yeah. It's so damn easy. Yeah. But when you connect with humans on a one-to-one basis, that's, that's when you uncover the truth. Yes. You know what I mean? You can fake an Instagram account, but you can't fake a personality. Yeah. You can't fake someone's energy. Yes. You know what I mean? And to me, the biggest compliment I ever get is when you walk into a room, I feel your energy and I want to be around you. Like To me, that's the biggest compliment. They didn't tell me how hot I am. Or how gorgeous my outfit was. They're like, I want to be around you because I like, I like the way you make me feel, you know. And I'm like, wow, like that's that's powerful. Yes, you can't feel that through Instagram. No, but I think we have fallen into a bit of a a digital age where people do kind of, you know, look at other people's accounts and aspire to be like that. But I think it's important to take a step back and you know, it's those people are real people too. You know, you've got to detach. And a lot of them are really good at doing that. To be honest with you. That they are the way they are on social media. But when you meet them in person, they're nothing like that. Blank canvas. That's what I'm saying. So, like, for me, you know, God willing, like, I want to have children one day. And for me, I would be really, really conscious. Like, that's one thing I would be focusing on is reminding them that they're enough. Reminding them that, you know, you don't need to be like anybody else. You Mm -hmm. do you. Be the best version of yourself. Aspire your own goals and, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, someone's always going to be better at something. You can't be good at everything. You know, like... You're a better designer than I am. Like, you know, everyone's yeah, just always going to be better at of something. And, and there's, you know, you've always got to have something to, to work towards. But there's always going to be people behind you too. You're always 100%. on a journey. It's always. just... A, and it should be fun. That's right. So the process is what's enjoyable. Honestly, like, I feel like that's made my life perfect in my eyes. Yes. Is the fact that I've been through it all. And those those little flaws is what makes it beautiful. Mm. The little little specks in the diamonds. Yeah, 100%. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us thank today, you sharing your story. And, you know, it is true. You do have a beautiful energy about oh, you. thank you. Um, so I hope you stay and have a bit of more, bit more tea with me. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, thank you so much. And I can't wait to see what you do with the brand. No thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. See you guys. And that's a wrap for this week, Balancers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful to some degree in either steering or determining your definition of balance today. As always, the biggest compliment for us is if you share this episode with someone who you feel might need it, or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow or on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or review. If you have any suggestions for up and coming podcasts, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email. Our Instagram is at the balance theory and our email is the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you've always got the option of subscribing to our mailing list. We only send you email reminders when the episodes drop so you get them fresh out of the oven. No annoying spam, we promise. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, stay balanced. Oh, stop, stop.